Yeah, when I first started, I definitely only did one pack of stuff because I was too scared. I didn't know what would do well or not, and I was scared to hold on to it. So at the beginning, I definitely told my customers like, hey, if you like it, buy it now. You might not get it again because I'm only getting one pack or something like that. Hello, and welcome to the Optimized Store Owner Show, a podcast that helps frustrated store owners become optimized store owners. We are your hosts, Aaron and Christian. We want to invite you to join us each week as we share tips, tactics, and strategies from the most inspiring entrepreneurs in the e-commerce industry. This podcast will help you add flexibility, stability, and happiness into your life. Ready? Let's go. Hey, y'all. I hope you're having a great day. Today, we have Rachel Smith from Jackson Grace Boutique. This was such a fun episode, and I know that if you're an online boutique or apparel brand, this is going to be a ton of value-packed information for you. In this episode, you're going to learn these three things and more. Number one, how to get rid of last season's items quickly, easily, and profitably. Number two, how to solve your inventory problem. I know you have one. And stop making big mistakes. Number three, how to get more engagement and sales on your live videos. All right, y'all, that's all I have right now, but enjoy this episode and let me know what you think. Rachel, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I wanted to give a little context, but maybe from your perspective of how we met, because I think that's, I think it's important uh, because we're going to talk about that a little bit, but maybe you can give a background of uh, how our conversation started or how we met each other. Okay, I know it was, I think, on the comment sold Facebook VIP, I think. Um, and I don't remember what I posted, to be honest. I remember maybe in a comment asking you, and I, I'm assuming you like work for comment sold, or you just really know a heck of a lot about it. <laughs> um, but I was something to do with maybe the app or improving our social media. I had noticed that you, you seemed like your comments, you had some skills, and I wanted to reach out and kind of ask how we could improve from an outsider's perspective. Um, you know, we can criticize ourselves all day long, but it's great to see like an outsider perspective with somebody with experience to see what we need to change. And then our discussion just kind of went on from there about the details and now this. Yes. And I think the the main thing that I wanted to summarize from that is that your boutique was like, after working with several boutiques and clothing brands, you're, you're at a different level. Um, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. And I think you can help a lot of people, which is why I asked you to come on the podcast because you achieved a certain level of success that I think a lot of people strive to, um, to get to. And, uh, you did it without like a key ingredient, uh, which I think is, is super crucial. Um, and I'm curious and I know Christian is too, to hear some insight into that. So maybe you can give us a little bit of background about your, um, boutique, what it looked like whenever it was uh, starting out in the beginning and then like maybe how it started and then where you're at now. Um, so beginning to, okay. to, to now. Okay. So I honestly, to be quite blunt, I came in with zero experience with the boutique stuff. I'm also not a super prissy girl. Um, you know, I'm most of the time making sure we have t-shirts available for Jackson Gray so that I can wear comfortable, big baggy clothes um, because I'm a mom and that's kind of what I was going for. And we moved, we actually got moved to um, the area we're in now in where Georgia um, from North Carolina. My husband was in the Marine Corps and we were only supposed to be here for three years. And prior to that, I had done photography for 10 years. And if anybody's listening from Georgia, it is hot as Hades down here. It is humid. It, you basically live in a sauna and you're swamped with gnats nonstop. So 
photography was just, I was over the gnats. I was over the sweat during every wedding I was shooting. And I just, God called me away from it. And I wanted to meet more people in the community beyond like just taking their pictures. And I noticed when I was shopping in town, you know, there's a lot of great boutiques. We have probably 20 plus boutiques in this town. It's insane because we're a college town um, and Georgia Southern is here. So there's, there's lots of young, beautiful girls um, who aren't moms yet. And they've maybe got the, the great figure to go out and show, you know, with crop tops or they haven't had a baby yet. So they maybe they haven't gained that little mom pooch that some of us have. And I just was not able to find any clothes that fit me the way I liked comfortably um, that were good quality, um, where I could go in and feel like the employees weren't judging me for being an older mom with a little bit of curves. And um, I was like, you know what, that would be awesome. Like, I've always loved business. My dad is a huge businessman, and it's just rubbed off on me my whole life. Um, and I was like, you know, even though I'm not huge on clothes, I love to make women feel beautiful and confident. And so that's kind of initially what, what started it. And I started in the back of a I mean, literally the, the office that I'm sitting in right now is probably the same size as my first store. It was very tiny. It was like a giant closet, a walk-in closet size store. And I remember when we, we when I started it, I was like, all right, my rent is $200 just for this back room. That's nothing. But at least if I sell like, what is that? Eight shirts at $25, I'll at least make my rent. That'll be, I can handle it and then we'll grow from there. Well, it it took off. We had um, moms coming in nonstop. We had um, college girls who maybe wanted to be a little bit more modest or curvy um, college girls who weren't finding stuff in town either. And it just continued to grow from there. And within a few months I had to move, I think it was only two or three doors down from our store that we started at to a bigger location. Um, we stayed there maybe not even a year, maybe a little bit over around a year. And um, we continued to grow and I was like, oh, man, this is an awkward time. My husband was getting um, medically retired at the time. We, we, we actually had got orders to 29 Palms, California, and we're supposed to be moving. And I got really scared and was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to make it in California with the clothing differences, the cost, um, everything was we were going to be like an hour away from your closest Walmart. So like nothing was going to be biased. I knew it wouldn't work. Wow. Um, so I just kind of prayed about it and was like, God, if you want me to keep this store, you got to show me a sign. Like, do I sell it? Do I, you know, manage it from afar for a while? I, we're about to have to renew our lease, but I don't like this building. We got to find something else. If we do stay left the store right after I thought all that and prayed and down the street was a, the store that I was like, man, I wish I could get that store one day. It's gorgeous with lots of windows. They were putting up for rent signs on the front. And I was like, oh, God, is that you? That might be my sign. So I called and I was like, you know what? We don't even know what's going to happen with my husband. We knew he was getting medically retired, but we knew he, he would have to find a job. We didn't know if we'd have to be here or in another state. We didn't know. But I just decided to take a leap of faith, rent it out. And after he got medically retired, he found a job here. We were able to stay and we just continue to blossom where we're at in this location. And um, the community here has supported us like crazy. And I think like I've, I think I may have told you this, I think about 75 to 80 percent of our sales are in store um, because one of the things you mentioned that I didn't I forgot to say, I guess, is we had never paid for marketing at all. Um, so we really relied on the community and they showed up, um, especially when the pandemic happened and we closed for a couple months. Um, they supported us, even our local customers um, supported us by shopping online. We offered free delivery. Um, so. I mean, that's kind of the growth story. And I've, I've just been surprised by the growth every time we grow. I kind of went shocked even when you told me that uh, that I was a 
in the successful range, I was like, man, I really didn't even realize because I don't think my focus has stayed on the numbers because that's not what it's about to me. I know numbers are important. Sales are obviously huge and important. Um, but I tried to keep my focus more on the customers um, and making them happy than it and maybe that's just one of the big steps that's taken off. So I don't know. Hopefully that's that's a good story. But it's just my little no, that's story. Truly, that's, that's truly incredible. Um, I think that first question that popped into my head, you, I mean, you mentioned the pandemic and how the community helped you um, through through that process. Was it the pandemic that forced you to do the website or did you have the website and Shopify all along from the beginning? No, when, we, when did that come into play? Yeah, we ha so we had the website at the beginning, but like I said, I never paid for marketing. Um, I had just had a baby when we moved into the second location, plus my other kid, plus um, one thing you might not know, um, <clears throat> Marine Corps recruiting, they work 90 to 100 hours a week. So I did not really have any help. I did not have the time or the resources to grow. So I didn't, I knew that I could probably do better if I would pay for marketing. I just couldn't do it yet. I wasn't ready. I didn't have the team um, available. Just lots of factors of why I couldn't, I was too scared to pay for the marketing because I knew it would probably help a lot. And I wasn't there yet, even though obviously the money would have been awesome. Um, and this year is the first year we finally started paying for um, marketing for the online store and the online start of it. And we started in March or April, I think. Um, and it definitely, we started growing a little bit more online for sure with that. So that's, that's helped. Um, but still, I mean, I'm even the in-store stuff I've blown away by with the growth and um, the support. So whenever you're, so speaking of like the, uh, you mentioned 80% was in-store and then 20% online, uh, which is, which is awesome. A great position to be in because I, most people that I talk to, that is the position, whether your percentages are a little bit different numbers, but it's still like the 80-20. And usually yeah. within a year or so, it, it can flip where it's 80% online, 20% in store. But wow. yeah, it's, it's definitely possible. Um, but I was, I'm curious, what has been your organic strategy? Um, if you didn't ever do anything for marketing, how did people, was it just word of mouth or how exactly did you... Uh, with a posting on social media, how exactly did you continue to grow organically without ever having to pay with anything or pay for anything? Um, so I would say we made sure to post consistently to Instagram, Facebook. We scheduled our post. Um, one of the biggest factors that I hear a lot from our customers and the community and people that have stayed with us from the beginning is that we are relatable. So, um, you know, there's some boutique owners out there that I just look at. and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're perfect. They have the perfect everything. They're gorgeous. They're they're nice. They're cute. They can they can try on every piece of clothing and, and make it look great. Um, but our staff, um, we I just try to be more relatable and down to earth. Not that it's a bad thing to be gorgeous. We've definitely had some gorgeous models here and stuff to help us out. Um, but we've you know, we have some curvier models that we make sure to show all the time that look like real people. So that's what we get feedback on a lot is that they feel like when they come into the store, they aren't judged. They can come in in their pajamas and we're going to treat them the same as if they were coming in in a Rolls Royce with Louis Vuitton all over. We don't treat anybody any different here, whether we know that customer is only going to spend $5 or whether we know that per customer is going to be our $500 spender. We want everybody to be the same. And we try to show that on social media so that people feel comfortable and want to come and, and be with us and shop with us. Um, just because I think, you know, it, it's great to have the perfect looking model for your clothing sometimes, but sometimes that average person might get turned off to it. Um, 
So we try to we try to do a little bit of both to make sure that everybody feels comfortable and it's an all-inclusive all place here for everybody, no matter who you are. Absolutely. And I, I was going to say, I think I can see that from, one, the quality of the photography is obviously you probably have a, a, and maybe you have a pulse on that a little bit more now knowing that you had a photography background. Um, yeah. One of the questions I would really want to ask is, and we get this a lot from boutique owners who are really just trying to grow and scale is how do you project sales? Um, but more so importantly, I think it's the inventory side, right? So in the early days, maybe mm -hmm. you can talk about, okay, well, I had to sell eight shirts, so it's pretty easy to keep track of inventory. But how is right. now that your boutique is doing what it is now, how are you trying to buy either at market or other places? Like, how are you managing that inventory so that, you know, if something's going to sell well, you get enough of it or, you know, something isn't going to sell well, you don't buy more of it. Um, so just curious. Right. Um, so I, at the beginning, it was definitely full blown winging it just based off of what I would see online with anything that was popular. I know when I first started, I think a company called LuLaRoe or something was popular. I think that was the name of it. It was really popular with the pattern leggings. Women's were, women were going crazy for them. So I made sure to keep those in stock just based off that. Plus, I would ask some of my other younger girls that are in college, hey, what are you guys wearing to game days? You know, help me pick this stuff out. And we would kind of browse together. Um, and now it's got to the point where I think one of my biggest um, th things that I notice sometimes when I go to other boutiques, a lot of the style is everything is the same. Every There's all the neutral tones or maybe they're all a bright store. Maybe they're all a Western store. And I think this might go against the rules of the boutique world that, you know, you want to kind of find your brand and everybody wants to know what it looks like when they come in. I might go against that rule, but I think it's worked for us um, because I don't stick to one look or one brand. So um, I, when I'm looking for inventory, I'm going to make sure, OK, I need to buy for my teachers, my mothers who want to cover up and wear baggier stuff or, you know, still look classy when they go to school. And, and teach or work at the bank um, or they're a mom and they've got to bend over a hundred times. They want to look cute, but be comfortable. But I also need to look for the college student who wants to be a little bit more showy and trendy. But then I also need to look for like my mom's age in her sixties and, and find a couple little things that she might not want to shop at Belk. She wants to look trendy, but be modest and not look like she's trying to be 20 again. Um, and so I try to keep that in mind when I'm shopping. Um, it would be awesome to order everything that I liked, but I would say a huge percentage of the stuff might not be something I would even look at. Hmm. Um, but I think that's where a lot of people fail is I think a lot of people might get into the boutique owning world thinking, Oh my gosh, I love clothes. I love style. I'm going to buy everything that I like because then I can steal a piece and then I can wear it and you know, I'll sh sell it to all my friends, but they're missing that huge market of people who might not like that. And so and a lot of these boutiques in our town, which are, like I said, they're great for what they are, but you might go in and if I'm a mom, I'm not going to be able to find one piece of clothing for me. Or if, if there's an older woman store, a college girl might come in and she's not going to be able to find anything for her. Where here, if you don't browse, you might think, I don't know if this is for me because I have something for everybody. You just have to kind of walk in and, and look a little bit harder. So your college girl is going to come in and she might see her first top that she looks at is like a more work appropriate teacher mom type of top and she's gonna be like whoa but wait oh wait that that's my kind of shirt over there I like that's more distressed vintage look or whatever um you know we have had a couple of even older women that have come in and be like oh is this a college store like I, I don't need another 
blank, blank boutique. You know, we have enough of those in this town. Where's my stuff? And I'm like, hold on, hold on. You just looked at the front table. There's, there's everywhere. Um, so I think that's really important when gauging for inventory is to look for to everybody, not just what you like, but what you know is popular based on trends, based on what you see people wearing or asking for. I do ask my customers a lot um, as well. We have a VIP group and I try to ask them what's y'all's opinions, you know, yes or no on this. When we go to Mart, we try to ask, we'll do like a yay or nay. And we'll, we'll do um, on an Instagram story kind of asking like, yay or nay, then we'll put the little votes up. And if there's enough no's, we don't touch it. And if there's a ton of yeses, like extremely a ton, then I'll know to get more than one pack of that item. But if it's kind of hit or miss, and there's like at least 10, 12 people that maybe want or don't on the other side or whatever, I'll still get it, but maybe only one pack. So I try to listen to the customers. And sometimes you just see something and as a I guess experience knowing buying for five years now, you kind of know what stuff might not sell so well, but you're like, this thing is, I can tell this pattern. These people are going to love this. I'm going to get two, three, four, however many packs of this one. So that's a, that's a good point. I, I want to clarify um, maybe a little bit more detail of what you just said there. Um, two, three, four more packs. Like, um, so yeah, if you do find something that you like, um, no matter who, who it is for, how many of them, how deep are you buying? Like, so how many for, per each size are you buying? Like how deep are those? Um, so it kind of, it depends on the season. It depends on what the item is. Um, if it's a shirt that I'm like, Hey, I know this is going to sell really, really well. I'll maybe do, I'm trying to think of how you would type the packs in or tell them at Mark because they usually come in like two, two, two packs. Mm-hmm. So a two, two, two pack is one. I might do anywhere from four to eight packs if it's something I know is going to do super duper well and it's the beginning of the season. So I'll have the whole season to sell it. Now, if I find something awesome for summer, but I don't find it till the end of July, beginning of August, I may do two or three packs knowing they'll sell well, but they won't sell past August because people September, they're wanting sweaters, even though it's a hundred degrees in Georgia. <laughs> but that's good. Yeah. I was going to say we're, we're in Texas and it's crazy how hot it is for how long. Right. (laughs) They're doing Uh, fall, but it's like so hot. It's crazy hot. Um, Okay. I think that gives it, I think that gives some really good insight because I would say that like more, I think it's something that nobody really talks about. I mean, I I don't know if you're part of like the boutique hub or not, um, Mm -hmm. but, and they may talk about it inside of there, but I know that it's a common question, which is like, you know, Hey, I'm just starting out or, Hey, I've been doing it for a while, but I still haven't figured out my inventory. So this gives a, I think good insight into that. Um, yeah. When I first started, I definitely only did one pack of stuff because I was too scared. I didn't know what would do well or not. And I was scared to hold on to it. So at the beginning, I definitely told my customers like, Hey, if you like it, buy it now, you might not get it again. Cause I'm only getting one pack or something like that. Yeah. And it's, um, I think, yeah, it's a little scary too, cause it's a financial commitment. You're just kind of sitting on it at that point. Yes. Um, do you, so speaking of, kind of a, and along that lines of getting rid of things, uh, especially for inventory and for seasons. We're about to transition. If you haven't already transitioned, I'm sure most people are transitioning to fall whenever, you know, depending on when this episode comes out. But how do you manage getting rid of or like making a transition happen, getting rid of the old stock and bringing in a new stock? What's Do you have like a strategy for that? Yeah, so um, we have a very, very successful event that we do twice a year at the end of each season. So coming up, I think at the very end of August, very beginning of September is usually when we do this one. Um, it's We do a fill the bag sale. 
Um, and I have seen a lot of uh, boutiques try to fill the bag sale, but they do the bags so cheap that you, they're losing so much money. Um, we try to still do our bags because we are a boutique. We're not Walmart. We don't want people to get that, you know, Walmart vibe when they're shopping. Um, but we do a fill the bag sale at the end of each season. And we do, depending on the season, we'll do two or three big bags, brown bags. We have a very large bag that we usually do anywhere from 180 to 260, 280. It just depends on the season because, you know, in the summer you can fit more in a bag than you can in the winter. Um, and then the lowest bag I think we offer is either 80 or 100 or 120, something like that. It, it differs. We, we tested each bag. But I basically uh, price those to make sure that I am either breaking even with wholesale. You know, obviously you might have one customer who gets really clever and stuffs way more, sneaks it in a boot, which is where we allow that. But um, you might lose a little bit on some bags, but you might gain a little bit on some bags. And it really is an event our customers look forward to. Um, aside from Black Friday, there are two busiest days of the year. We do the best sales on those days. Um, and it's really awesome because leading up to then, I try to do a couple weeks of sale, like normal sale on those items just to kind of, you know, tease people a little bit. Like if they can buy it for X amount versus the fill the bag sale, I'd rather than buy it before the fill the bag sale. But we still, we cram our racks full. You know, we do have some that are marked off, but we balloon the racks that are included and we have a line that wraps around our building. People wait an hour to two to check out. Sometimes there's so many wow. people. It is insane. Um, and it really, really has blown up and been super successful. And the customers love it. They, they have fun. We have customers that come from two, three hours away just to come for the fill the bag sale. Um, with they'll bring their whole family and they're like, yeah, well, this is our annual. We do this every year um, together as a family. So it's been really awesome because it's it's fun for the community. It, we're exhausted by the end of that day and week, but it's so worth it. And it really helps clear inventory out um, that maybe has sat towards the end of the summer or maybe it shipped to me too late and I didn't get it till the end of summer and it won't make it into fall. And we don't want to hold on to it until the next season. Um, if it's something super nice, sometimes we will hold on to it if it was really expensive, but yeah, that's what we do. And it, it's been really successful. That's awesome. I do want to touch a little bit on what you said earlier with listening to customers and uh, making sure that you're just in tune, right? With what the customers want. Yeah. And even this event that you're talking about that you do twice a year, it's again, going back to that, it's just business one-on-one, the fundamentals, right? Listen to your customers, know your audience. <laughs> Um, and even yeah, those events, it's something that you've seen that's super successful and you sort of double down on them. Uh, and, and I think it's working amazingly for you. Uh, so kudos on that. That's, that's Thank really, you. really good. Hey, so owners, are you ready to grow and scale your online business predictably and profitably? We've created a free 15 minute training that will walk you through the five key areas every online store needs to achieve financial success. You can grab the free training by going to optimizestoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training or clicking the link below in the podcast description. Again, that is optimizedstoreownercom forward slash ecom dash training. I guess I want to go a little bit deeper into that because I know brick and mortar, right? So in most of the people that we do work with um, and that we talk to do have an element of the brick and mortar, but maybe how exactly do you only do it for the brick and mortar or is there an idea or strategy maybe you can think of to, for those who are doing it online, right? Too, because that's an amazing yeah. idea, but maybe you can talk to specifically online who couldn't do the brown bag. Um, yeah. So we actually do something for them too. It is very difficult and it's risky because I take stuff personal. If like a customer doesn't like something, we send them. But what we do during the fill the bag sale, we close down the website that whole day. 
because it is impossible. And actually the night before, once we get all set up, we close the website down um, because it is impossible to pull orders with the store the way it is um, that day. Um, but after the fill the bags over that night, us girls, we stay, we go get dinner, then we come back and we stay until super late in the next morning, technically sometimes one, two in the morning um, to finish inventory so that we can get the website accurate for what's left. Um, for normal shopping. And then once we're all done with all of that, we make a post. I take a picture of the racks that are left, which usually it's only one small rack, like our normal sale rack will be left of stuff. And I'll say, hey, we here's what's left. Here's a picture of the shoes that are left. Here's the kids section that's left. Here's the regular clothes that are left, um, you know, heavy on 2X or heavy on smalls or something like that. And say, if you're interested in a bag and you want it shipped to you, it's more of a mystery fill the bag. So we'll say, you know, you can't pick out your items, but so it is a risk, but you're going to be getting this stuff so low that if you don't like it, save it and give it to grandma for Christmas or resell it on your local marketplace or something like that. Um, and then customers, we have them comment their name, um, what size bag they want, their top size, their pant size, their shoe size, if they have kids and they want any kid stuff, their kid size. And we will go through those comments in order of who commented first and just, uh, um, you know, say we have enough to fill the first one, we'll say, hey, we did have enough to fill your bag, your invoice is sent. Once it's paid, we ship it out. Um, we do offer free shipping on, on those just to make it more appeasing to them. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the next person, we might not, hey, you know, if you're a 3X, we only have a couple 3X shirts left. I'm so sorry, we don't have enough to fill your bag and then move on to the next one. And and they've really liked it. I've never had anybody complain. I mean, I've, there might be a couple people who have and just didn't want to say they didn't like their stuff, but I usually get pictures um, from customers are like, oh my gosh, like I was so scared to do this, but holy crap, look at my bed. I got so much stuff and they have all their clothes laid on on their bed and they're like, we love everything. And the two things that didn't fit, I gave to my daughter and she loves them. So it's, it's been fun. And you know, we don't, we don't do as many of those. Cause I know as a consumer that I don't know that I would do that. Cause I would be <laughs> too scared that stuff wouldn't fit me, but we have customers that definitely eat it up and love it. And I think that's a good way to make the online people feel included too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so smart. Um, I definitely hope that you, if you're listening right now, you're you're pausing and, and definitely writing that down because it's an amazing strategy. Rachel, so you mentioned whenever people are commenting, which I think is a perfect transition into uh, the comments old world, which we talked about in the beginning, yeah. which is kind of how we met. How, um, what is your comment sold experience look like right now? How long ago did you guys start? Kind of give me an overview of uh, the way that you guys are using comment sold. Okay, so we, I think I joined with Comment Sold maybe January, February. Um, it was sometime in the beginning of 2021. Um, we, we do new arrival drops once a week. Um, we, depending on my daughter's and son's baseball and uh, dance schedules and stuff, I've had to switch the days around. But my, my idea that what I like is Tuesdays, which is the first day we're open in the week. We're only open Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesdays, we kind of prep for new arrivals. Tuesday nights, we drop new arrivals. If come Friday, especially during busier seasons, we usually do two new arrivals. We just don't always guarantee that there's two drops a week. We only post that we're live once on Tuesday nights with our new arrivals. And then if we have more that we need to put out because our racks are getting low on Fridays, then we will post like, hey, you know, we're going live today as a surprise. We've got some surprise new arrival drops. Um, and so we had done that primarily just through Facebook and you know, the invoicing process as we grow, grew, that got more frustrating to deal with. Um, and I had used comments sold a little bit as a, a consumer with some of my wholesale tea vendors and um, thought I wanted to try it out. And so that's what we kind of started with comments sold. And so I, I know if we had more time and more whatever to go live more often, we could probably 
do even better with comments sold than we are now, but we um, typically only use it once or twice a week right now for our lives. Um, and our customers have given really good feedback that we have the app with them too. And they really like the app and I have loved being able to push the app out. Um, and I, I'm, I think that's all we, I know there's a few things we've kind of said, okay, we need to start using this um, thing that you can do with comment sold and try it over here on Facebook. But we just keep, we are just so, it's hard to keep up with our growth. And I, even though I've hired more employees and hired more management, we still just don't have the time. It seems sometimes to do those extra things that comment sold does offer. Mm -hmm. So I would say for now, my experience, other than, you know, we did our web store with them, our app and getting that all set up and bill I did. Um, we're just doing the lives with them right now, but I have loved the ease of it. And as soon as we go live on uh, Tuesday nights or whenever we go live to do the live sale, our printer starts going off and the sales start beeping. So I know the customers are shopping during and it, and they really like it even on into the next day or two. So it's been helpful for sure. How did you, so one of the hardest parts for people whenever they're first starting out with comment sold is like getting their customers to transition to the app or get them to download the app. What, how did you guys mm -hmm. get more people to download your app and kind of buy in onto your boutique? So well, I don't remember who told me, um, it may have been just a post I'd seen on Comet Sold VIP group or something, um, but they said to really make some app exclusive um, sales or app exclusive items or app exclusive giveaways to get people to download the app. So we did that at the beginning. I, I don't honestly remember what we did. I, I'm pretty sure we did some type of giveaway. May, uh, maybe we made them post like a screenshot in the comments if they downloaded the app um, to show us in the comments and that we would pick a winner and then share, ask them to share it and stuff like that. Um, and I know that that helped to get us some downloads. And then, of course, every time we go live, we try to mention it um, and get those people who maybe aren't as tech savvy. I know when I just visited Ohio to visit my mom a couple of weeks ago, my best friend's mom was like, I can't figure out this app. Can you help me? And she's older. But once I showed her, she's like, oh, that's so easy. I don't know how I haven't figured that out. I'm like, yeah, all you have to do is once you're registered, just comment sold in the number and, and pick your size and you're good to go. So I think the customers have like the ease of the app. Um, but giving them exclusivity, I think, is big because if a customer doesn't have any incentives to download the app, then they're they might just be so stuck on ordering on the website or on Facebook that they don't feel like dealing with it. So I think given the app exclusives here and there will, you know, app users we do. Oh, that is one thing I forgot during our giveaway or during our live videos. We do um, a twenty dollar gift card giveaway every live video to um, only app people that are commenting. Um, we pick one at the end. So basically we never know when the new arrivals are going to end. We usually got six girls here or so doing the live videos, but at the end we'll say, or at the beginning we tell them, Hey, whoever is the last comment, once our items are done and we're like, okay, guys, we're done. I'm going to look at the screen and whoever is the last app commenter who has said anything, we encourage them to comment throughout. Whoever's the last app commenter, we're sending you $20 to your app um, account right now. So that has helped. I think people want to download and shop from there instead of just Facebook because they don't, they're not eligible if they only shop on Facebook. That's so smart. Yeah. It's like, it's 20 bucks isn't a make or break, but you're like, Hey, I want 20 bucks. Right. I'll, I'll yes. do this. Exactly. Uh, what would you say? So we're at this point recording. I think this is uh, going to be an amazing podcast for well into the future, but we're halfway through a little way halfway through 2021 right now. What do you, what's the goal for the rest of the year for you and, and more so kind of the vision for the boutique in the future? Um, so growth is always a big thing. I know like this year with paying um, for marketing for the first time, we hired a, a little um, 
agency company to help us with Facebook ads because that stuff is like super over my head. We tried to do it ourselves. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I didn't want, have the time for it. Neither did my social media manager. So that has helped um, because my goal is to grow the online side. Now I've got the staff. I've got three managers um, that are able to help now. Um, so we have the a little bit more space. We're, we're looking for a warehouse because we've outgrown the back here. But I, I, I'm ready to grow now. I've, my, my kids are a little bit older. I mean, they're not super old. They're only three and nine, but easier than a baby to handle at some point. So I, I'm willing to dedicate the time and, and money into helping us grow. And we have grown in previous years, one to 200 percent some years. Um, I think this year's projections, we're looking at growing about somewhere from 65 to 70 percent um, growth from last year. Um, and, and I think I, I know, again, I'm going against the grain, but I, I try not to, to focus so hard on the numbers, but just focus on the customers and the numbers come. Um, if I were to sit around and look at numbers every day, I'd get stressed out or I might mm -hmm. get prideful and think I don't need to worry about customers anymore because I'm doing fine. And that is, I think that's where a lot of people lose themselves too, is they forget about the customer and making the customer happy because ultimately that's what it's all about. And that's, that's why I do this. Not for the money. Growth is great. Um, you know, sales are amazing. That's definitely my goal. And I always want to grow every year, but you've got to keep the, the customers first because that in the end is what grows you, your customers. So, so well put, I think that's a great, uh, kind of closing statement. What is the, what's the best way for people to shop your boutique? If they loved your story, they love your, your mission, um, and they want to support you. What's a good way for them to, Oh, pause, 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 pause. Um, well, I, I, I did notice earlier you said started with Instagram and Facebook more on the social media, right? That, that, that content side of things. And I think you said, or mentioned you had a social media manager, and then I was like, okay, let me check the TikTok real quick. And then the TikTok is just booming. There's 16,000 people following you there. I think it might be your biggest social media platform right now. Yes, it is. Just tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about social media, how okay. that started. Um, how has that evolved for you? Okay. And then at what point did you, because it kind of seems like you're maybe hands off on the, I, on I, a little bit of the social I media. I am very so self-conscious on the TikTok side. I'm not a dancer. <laughs> I can't do some of the trends. So I'm like, look, I only put on my face one day a week. You guys got me for TikToks one day a week. The rest is y'all, y'all. Um, I do try to do the face as much as I can, but again, I am not trendy with the with the dances and stuff um, but I do like them I think they're funny and I help them think of ideas um, but they're also super young and you know TikToks I'm obsessed with TikTok but I am not you know they're younger and they know the trends and they they do a great job at helping with that but for sure when I first started um, I did everything as most business owners do you know I had 5,000 things on my plate because I I wanted it to be just like how I wanted it to be I didn't I didn't feel confident with giving that to other people and, and designating tasks um, but as we grew and grew, I really had no choice. And I will say my big godsend is um, my what she is, our stockroom manager right now. Her name is Ashton. And she has been with me since day one at the very little building. Um, she was just, I think, in college still. Or, yeah, she was still in college at that point. And she has been with us and been with us all five years. And she actually left to go do nursing. And she was like, you know what? I am not into the nursing thing. And I've missed my family. I felt like Jackson Grace is where I was supposed to be. So she actually came back. And that's when I offered her the management position. It was like a total God thing. Cause I was at the point where I was like, I cannot put anything else on my plate. I'm doing everything. I'm doing social media. I'm doing every post I'm doing the store. You know, I did have 
two or three girls helping with sales up front, but we were growing. I, I needed help. And she was brought back to us, thankfully, at the right time. And I was able to designate all of my like stockroom duties to her, you know, adding inventory as it comes in, printing tags, helping respond to customers, that kind of stuff I designated to her. And then I just got to the point as well with social media, even though I'd given her all of that stuff, my plate was still overflowing because of how full I was before. Um, I hired a friend and manager, which was another godsend, her sister who I had known, and she's amazing. That took the stress of employee issues or customer issues slightly off my plate. Still plate was overflowing. I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I need help with social media. That is the one thing that I just was overdoing. And I just needed somebody who could, that could be their focus and their job. And we put out an ad for it and we got, we've had two that have done amazing. We had one that uh, moved away and then we have one that's here now. And she is graduated. She has her um, degree in marketing. I think um, maybe I can't remember now, but I think it's marketing or business. And um, she has definitely taken the job and done everything I've asked. I like to give them their own, abilities. And I, you know, I want to say, Hey, here's what I expect to be done every day, every week, every month. But I want you to, this is your position. You're the boss of your position. And as long as you're doing your work, I don't care what time you leave, as long as everything gets done. Mm -hmm. And she has just, I think because I give my employees the freedom to feel like they're their own boss, even though I'm their boss, they still can make things exactly how they want and, and, and make the fun TikToks they might want to do that I might not have thought of to tell them. And, they, that has helped grow exponentially. I know not everybody can hire that management team because I remember being at a point where I needed it. I was desperate, but financially I was just scared. It's a huge investment. If you, you can't pay somebody $8 an hour, or $10 an hour to do such big tasks. And that was a huge chunk of money that I was scared to give away, but it has exponentially paid off because I am a better mother now because of it. I can, I'm not stressed at home. I was coming home every day and working till two, three in the morning. And then waking up with my kids because I, I wanted to get things done. I wouldn't let a message go unresponded to from a customer um, because I didn't want them to think we were ignoring them or whatever. And and uh, Embry, who is our social media manager now, she has done a great job at helping me with that, um, even to the point where she must love her job so much. She even responds to customers when she's off the clock at times. And I've told her not to do that, but she does not anyway because she she just loves what she does. And I think that's important, too. It does suck to spend the money. I won't lie, but it is so worth it because they can help grow. And you might think you want to control everything or that you nobody's going to care as much as you do. But there are people out there. And if you really find the right person, they can work with you as a team and, and get it done. And I'm so very blessed with my team who all they just they're just amazing. I couldn't ask for a better team helping. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that um, we just kind of figured out your you. The, the two things that have made you so successful is one, listening to your customers and being in tune with, you know, what your customers want and taking care of your people. Even though I'm not that much older than them, I, they're my baby. <laughs> I call myself big mama. Around here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, congratulations. I mean, I think you have a very successful business and, and, and those two things I think have catapulted you to, to a different level that you might have not known that you were at that level. Yes, right? I did not. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> some of the things that we talked about, you know, in the beginning. So, um, yeah, that's that's awesome, and I, I love that you 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 said all that at the, here at the end um, because I, I do think a, a lot of business owners and even yeah, boutique owners um, they kind of get stuck on that right on, on wanting to have a, a hand on everything and and not letting their people truly shine right mm -hmm. and, and they might lose a lot of people that way so yeah um, yeah I think that that's, that's incredible.
Thank you. Been very blessed with good people. Awesome. Yes, just a testament to the leadership I think you have as well. Um, so, yes, I'm so glad that Christian asked that question uh, because I think that just added so much more value to the to the episode, too, that we um, didn't mention. So, yeah, definitely go follow them on TikTok, too. I have it saved up here to, to go see some of these videos that are, that are doing crazy good. Um, but, yeah, what's the what is the best way for somebody to support the boutique? How can they shop with you guys? What's the what's the best way? So our website is jacksongraceboutique.com, but then of course we have our app, which most people prefer. It's super easy. You can just go to your Apple or Android store or Google Play store, I think it's called, and you just search Jax and then the plus sign, Grace Boutique, and it's J-A-X-E. I know I have kind of a crazy name. It's it's nobody half the time can figure it out and understand it, but it's named after my kids and then my faith. So it works out. But yeah, just search us Jax plus the plus sign, Grace Boutique, and then you'll be able to find us. Awesome. And we'll link that up in the show notes too. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. That's a wrap. Before you go, screenshot this episode and tag us on Instagram stories at Branding and let us know what you thought about this episode. And next, make sure to leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us reach more people and continue to improve the podcast for you. All right, guys, have a great day and we'll talk to you next week.